Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jessica. And today we're starting a series about multi-use items on the homestead. The first multi-use item that we're going to talk about is not one that's very common, at least not as far as I can tell, but in Europe it is extremely common. But before we get to that, let's talk about why multi-use items are important. Now, on a small homestead, space is an issue. And trying to have very specialized items can create a lot of havoc. Because, let's say in the laundry room, for example, if you've got a cleaner for glass, for wood surfaces, for linoleum, for tile for every single thing, that takes up a lot of cabinet space. So it's better to have something that can accomplish all of those cleaning tasks at one time rather than having, you know, what I just said, specialized products. But it's not just in the laundry room that this is the case. It's all across the homestead, in the workshop, in the craft room, in the bathroom, in the kitchen. Um, so hopefully... This will be a multi-part series, and we'll look into different products that we use and that we've discovered work as multi-purpose items. We will talk about tools at some point, um, but to, be, to start off with, this will mainly be products that are consumables. So the first item in the multi-purpose items series is going to be Ballastol. And Ballastol is a multi-use CLP, cleaner, lubricant, and protectant, that's good for wood, metal, leather, plastics, rubber, and plants. It's also, well, we'll get into this in a second. So, Ballastol was created in 1904 by Dr. Helmut Klaver when the um, German Imperial Army wanted to create a multi-use oil for the battlefield. And so he developed this oil that was good for wood, leather, guns, and for disinfecting wounds. And he called it ballastol, which you derive from the word ballistic and the word oil, or oleum. And anyway, the army adopted this in 1905 and used it all throughout World War I and World War II. And after the factory was destroyed in Cologne, they rebuilt and the brand continued on. So, the, the amazing thing about this stuff is that because it was designed to meet so many needs, it still does. And they still use the same exact formula today. Um, it's more common in Germany than in the United States, but there is a company, the Washington Trading Company, that's uh, based in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, that actually manufactures this product, sells it in the United States, and it's created and manufactured to the same exact standards as in Germany. And they take and they send samples back over to Germany for each batch to make sure that they're meeting the same specifications. Um, so if you read about it in Germany or you read about stuff that the German folk have used it for, even though it's not written on the bottle and, because, and even though I'm not saying that you can do this, you can use it for most of that same stuff. Um, but it, it's mainly used for cleaning guns and preserving wood, 
and leather and protecting metal and whatever. So there, there's a few things about it that, that make it even better than WD-40. Because, of course, why, if it's something that's a CLP, when I use Hoppy's another, number 9 or use WD-40 or whatever. Well, so Ballastol, unlike WD-40 and Hoppy's another, number 9, it's biodegradable. It's, uh, you know, it's not technically a pollutant if you want to go to that extent. It's basically, it's mineral oil and a few alcohols and an essential oil. And that's basically it. The Probably the worst part that's in it is the, um, the isohexane that they use in the spray can in order to thin it out. But they use it in such a low concentration that it's not even, I mean, you're probably exposed to more chemicals by burning a fire and cooking over it than you are, you know, getting a little bit of ballastol on you. Um, it, they, they even tested it and found that it is completely dermatologically safe. So unlike, you know, the corrosive chemicals that you're used to, it, it really keeps you safe. Um, let's see, what else? So ballastol is slightly alkaline, and because of its nature being part in alcohol and part in oil, it emulsifies in water. And when you emulsify it in water, it actually becomes, the, the pH is like 8 to 8.5. Eight and, and so you're able to neutralize black powder residue in your musket loaders. And it's good for, you know, protecting your battery terminals. I'll go into a few more of its uses in a minute, but let's look at what it's actually made out of. Um, I actually found a, an article or a document that, the Washington Trading Company puts out, or did at least put out, that went with their um, material safety data sheet that talks about the biode biodegradability of ballastol. And it lists the components as being uh, mineral oil, potassium oleate, ammonium oleate, oleic acid, benzyl alcohol, amyl alcohol, isobutyl alcohol, benzyl acetate, anethyl and isohexane in the aerosol. Now the most interesting of those ingredients is the anethol. And anethol is the essential oil from the seeds of the licorice plant. And it's known to have um, medicinal properties as been, and has been used by the Persians and Greeks in ancient times as a remedy for almost everything. And still is to some degree. Um, but that's what makes it unique. That particular oil gives it its medical, you know, its antiseptic properties and also gives it its terrible smell because if, I don't know if you know, but licorice in a large quantity smells like wet dog. And when you spray the aerosol, it at least smells somewhat sweet because anethol is used as a sweetener in, in confections. But when you open up a fresh bottle of it and it kind of disperses into the air, it doesn't smell very good. I hate it. But that's no reason not to use it. Um, but it should be stated that it dissipates rather quickly, though. It doesn't stick. Or yeah, the smell yeah. doesn't stick around for uh, about ten time. minutes after you've put it on stuff. Does it go away? So, it, I mean, it's not bad. It, it works good. Uh, and so because it's like non-toxic, basically. 
it's actually approved by the FDA to be used on food production assembly lines that are in contact with food because it's absolutely safe to consume in small quantities. And, well, I'm not saying that. You can go look that up on their website from 1994 like I did and see that it says that it's absolutely safe to consume in small quantities. Um, in Germany, it, it was originally used as an internal remedy. However, after the war, you know, with the introduction of new uh, regulations and whatnot, they had to dis to, to distance this particular oil from the medicinal use and actually created a separate oil called um, neobalistol, which is basically, it's got peppermint flavoring in it instead of just straight licorice. And that's actually used as a home remedy. Um, so let, let's see. I, I'm going to give you a few uses, and then we'll come back to a couple of crazy things that I've seen about it on the Internet. Um, it lubricates hinges, door locks, padlocks, scissors, pocket knives, bicycle chains, roller skates or blades, sliding doors, and windows. Clean silver and brass. Lubricates moving mechanical parts of typewriters, video cameras, printing calculators, etc., uh, removes tar and insect stains from motor vehicles. Inhibits corrosion from salt and salt water. Winterizes motors. Neutralizes acidic residues from fuel combustion and engines. Helps extract water from fuel tanks. Shines gel coat on fabric on fiberglass boats. Protects electrical contacts on boats and trailers. Okay, that's the other thing. Is if you've got like a a circuit board that's kind of getting damp. You can take and spray the aerosol on it, just full on, not non-diluted, and it will help protect that, and it has no effect on it at all, like electrically. So it, it's good to spray on electrical equipment if it needs protection. Um, let's see. It also uh, cleans the strings and fretboards of guitars and other stringed instruments, increases the performance of CO2 model airplane motors, um, removes traces of lead, copper, and tombac from bores and chambers of firearms. Seals and protects wooden stocks of firearms. Neutralizes acidic residues in black powder guns. Removes hard baked soot from glass doors of fireplaces and wooden stoves. Um, so, as you can see, it, it they say it has a thousand one uses, and it's that's not a stretch, right? That's pretty much what it can do. A thousand and one, if not a thousand and two or three. Um, so here, here's a few things that you need to keep in mind. And let's say again, this isn't medical advice. I'm not telling you to go drink ballastol, but I'll tell you things that they have said explicitly. I have contacted the ballastol company in the U.S., Washington Trading Company. They have indicated to me that the ballastol that they sell meets the same standards as the ballastol they sell in Germany. That means that it's exactly the same. They send samples, and, I mean, I would assume that if it's not the same, they would have to remake the batch. So when COVID hit, originally, ballastol GmbH posted about um, oil pulling on their Instagram page. They said that you could use ballastol to swish around your mouth for, you know, two or three minutes to help, in, you know, whatever oil pulling does, right? It's supposed to help with the immune system or something. 
but turns out they were saying that you can use ballastol, the universal oil, the oil of a thousand and one uses, right? Not just neoballastol. Later on, they also indicated that you can use ballastol as a massage oil. I don't know if you'd really want to because it smells as bad as it does. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it as a romantic massage oil. But it, it apparently has that use. And it apparently is good for that regardless of it saying, do not use for this. So take it as you will. I mean, even in the past, there are stories about people taking it for gallbladder issues. Um, but so, so the, the bottom line is this is the best product for all of that. Um, WD-40, throw it out. I mean, when you can take your pocket knife and clean it with a good cleaner and not have to worry about cutting an apple with it the next time and having to wash it 28,000 times to get all the oil residue off, it's something very valuable. So, I mean, if you haven't used it, Go pick up a bottle. Uh, we're not sponsored by Ballastol, although if they wanted to sponsor us, I would gladly accept a case of the 6-ounce aerosol cans and a couple of the 1-gallon containers of Ballastol. Just saying. Um, that would but, make your day. <laughs> but, like, I would enjoy if they had the little 2-ounce bottles of it and I could put one in my pack and carry it around with me. Because it comes in handy way more often than not. It's just not practical to carry a bottle of lubricating oil with you wherever you go. And and that that's funny because when I was looking up Ballastol, I actually found an article that talked about the Almost EDC. And it had Ballastol as one of those things. That it has so many uses and comes in handy so often that it's almost good enough for everyday carry. But anyway, I'll let Jessica say some stuff about it because she's got her own opinions. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, tell us honestly, did you try the oil pilling with the ballastol? Yes, I did. <laughs> was it as terrible as I'm assuming it was? It was pretty bad. <laughs> did it make you feel better? No. <laughs> but I did. I tried it. Um, the thing is, is that the ballastol itself... So on your skin, it's not bad. It actually, you know, it, it, it's a nice kind of a lotion almost. But but with the oil pulling, the issue is that because of it, its alcohol content, it's very astringent. And so it kind of burns the side of your tongue. But, I mean, it's not any worse than using Dr. Tishner's, which is also one of these multi-use items that we'll talk about. But that's for another day. So some of the other uses we've used it for, we've used it as a pesticide. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because you have to go back to the way the you have to go to the wayback machine to find this information because originally when they started selling ballastol in the U.S., I guess it was in the 1980s, but they created the the ballastol USA website in like the early 1990s. And they listed out almost everything that you could do with this stuff. It's got dilution charts. It's got all sorts of things. It tells you how to you know, add a little bit to your gas to winterize your engines to help remove the fuel from the gas tank. Um, but it 
talks about using ballastol as an insecticide. And I think from the most from from what I can tell on their website, they mainly are talking about the aerosol because it's an oil. You spray that on an insect and it smothers it. But they also talk about how it's good for plants. And that's mainly because like you if you have a ficus or one of these glossy leaf plants that's in the house, you can spray it on it and it'll help shine it up and it'll keep it, you know, nice looking. But you can also use it on non leaf or non um fuzzy fuzzy plants in your garden. So you wouldn't want to spray this on your tomatoes or your eggplants. But if you've got cabbages or you've got onions or carrots or anything else, you can dissolve a little or emulsify a little bit of this, like a tablespoon in a quart of water, and spray it on there, and it helps protect those plants from insects. And we've actually used it on cabbage bugs. We take and mix it with Dr. Bronner's, another one of these multipurpose items, and um, so it's like a tablespoon of each in a quart of water, and we use that to spray the cabbage bugs, and it tends to work really well. It was the best thing we used at, up to that point. You have to stay on it because, of course, it doesn't have the long-lasting effects of um, killing these bugs because as soon as it rains, it pretty much washes all of it off. But it, it does work you know, relatively well for what it is. And, you know, for being somebody that doesn't like to use seven dust on their stuff, I mean, it's fantastic. And you can harvest day of because it's, you know, if you go out there and you spray some of the collards and you realize that, oh, well, I need to pick some, right? You don't have to wait seven days for the seven dust to kind of degrade. You can actually go out there, pick it, and then wash it off and not worry about poisoning yourself. What's really funny is that when you've had the little cans of ballastol or whatever, our kids like it, and they want to carry it around with them, too. Yeah, well, yeah, that's only because I use it as the the antiseptic spray in the van, right? Kid falls and scrapes his knee. You spray a little bit of ballastol on it, and because of the anathol, it's got a little bit of an anesthetic effect, and it's a germicide, so... Well, we've also used it on bug bites. Like, little mosquito bites or whatever. Yeah, that is another use that's not advertised anymore. But anethol is a natural bug repellent. You can use it as a, a DEET substitute to some degree. And it also helps with the bug bites that you already have. Because it, it decreases the, um, the pain sensation. Right. And it doesn't smell anything like the eucalyptus. Or what is, what's the stuff? That lemon eucalyptus. Yeah. It, it doesn't have that cooling effect, and I, I honestly can't stand that stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll carry a can of ballast all around with me and spray it on me any day as, compared to the other stuff. You had talked about the different shining of the leaves and the metal and the wood, but we've also used it in the bathroom. Whenever we were, when we had the countertop was all scuffed up, and you were like, hey, let's put a little ballast all in there, and it shined it right up. Yep. Because, I mean, it, it works on... Everything that needs shining, I mean, it's a cleaner, cleaner, right? So it'll help clean off, and then if there's residue or whatnot, it helps break that down because of the cleaning components that are in it. That's why it works good for shining metal, because if it's tarnished, it breaks down the tarnish. I mean, that's the whole point of using it in guns. 
That's some of the reasons we love it around here. Um, let me make one last um, appeal about the medicinal side of this. There is a German doctor named Dr. Schmidt. He actually did um, tests with Ballastol on his patients and created a book called Ballastol and Its Medicinal Uses and determined that it helps improve the outcome of surgery patients and amputees, you know, the treatment of their um, stumps, especially, even in, like, uh, diabetic patients with gangrene toes and whatnot, right? After their surgery, they can use it as an antiseptic, and it actually helps the healing process. However, because Ballastol is not approved to be a medicinal oil, they told him he couldn't use it in his practice, and so he started using something called Dr. Schmidt's wound oil, which may or may not be the same thing as Ballastol. It's Dr. Schmidt's wound oil. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave it at that. But, yeah, it, I mean, like I said, as long as you're using it for the for the um, the uses that are recommended by the company, you'll be you know you'll do fantastic. Um, everything else, do your own research, right? I can tell you about all the different stuff you can use it for, but honestly, that's to your own judgment. Don't don't do anything because I said it, right? But I'll put links to um, some several of these articles that I found. Um, I'll put a link to the old website if I can get it to work. And, yeah, so I hope this has been uh, entertaining and informative. And we'll uh, we'll continue this series with the next one. I don't know which one we're going to do next, but we've got several lined up. So, um, If you want to support us, subscribe to our newsletter. Um, visit us at our website, colesonthecoast.com. Hit subscribe. To the newsletter, submit your email, and we'll put you in line to receive emails whenever we have a newsletter go out. Also, remember that our podcast is now available on Podbean, Spotify, and Fountain. Um, if you don't know what Fountain is, it is a value-to-value exchange podcasting service, which means you create an account and you receive Bitcoin for listening to podcasts. You can also send Bitcoin to your podcasters if you feel that you've gained value from them. Also, be sure to call Charlie's Small Engines for all your small engine repair work. You can find his information on our website. Or if you want violin lessons in the Baldwin County area of Alabama, give us a call. Um, most of the information's on our website. and You can email, email us from there as well. So until next time, this has been Coles on the Coast with another episode. Thanks for listening.